It's wrong. It's just wrong. It's a sports event. How unsportsmanshipy can you be? Sportsmanshipy, is that a word? <laughs> it is when your I rage, say it. Your rage has created the fact that you're now making <laughs> up words. No, okay. Um, this one, I do not have an alternate opinion on. It's just I'm so sh- glad. It's just a shitty thing to do. This is the Mid-East Beast Podcast. Molly Livingstone here in Jerusalem looking more like London, cloudy and dreary, which brings me to Alex Giles on the other side of the pond. How are you doing over there? It is not cloudy. No, yeah, I'm I'm lying, I'm (laughs) lying. It is cloudy. It's grey and cloudy. And of course, the clocks went forward over the weekend. I think you mean back, fall back. Oh, yeah. Spring forward, fall back. Yeah, that's true. They went back. Which means that it gets dark at about like two in the afternoon. Though this being the UK, no bloody, bloody hell. hell, no one really notices. But uh, just something else for us to complain about for a couple of weeks. Well, just keep on adding the complaints because you know I'm Jewish and I've got my own set of things to uh, criticize and be angry Always. about. And one of them. Let's get straight into it, Molly. Just get straight in about being angry. (laughs) Go for a rant. Go. Well, I'm always angry, really, at the UN and UNESCO. This week, they had a meeting where the United Arab Emirates gave out gifts to every single country there. Except, can you guess, Alex? Can you? Is it you again? (laughs) Is it me? Yep, that's right. Israel didn't even get an empty box. There was just nothing there. We didn't get a medal. Oh, yes. You here said, now, here yes, comes so, your yes, theory. You sent me this article, obviously, in advance, and I read this article. And my 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 defence, because we tried to be a little bit even-handed in this situation, is that the medals that were given out, and they were given out by UNESCO on behalf of the UAE that had done all this work on the building, so it was to celebrate the building being done. They had a picture of the crown prince, I think, on them. And my theory is that this was not a massive anti-Semitic plan because it wouldn't be a dog whistle, it would be a bit of a bullhorn, so I think, or a foghorn, so I think that just seems a bit strange. So this was a bit of a cack-handed attempt at diplomacy in that they thought, aha, you know, UAE doesn't, does UAE recognise Israel? I'll have to go and double-check, but they're not, we all know, not desperately keen. And they thought, well, giving you guys a medal with the Crown Prince's picture on it, probably not a good idea. Now, I grant you... That if this was a diplomatic move, they could have at least, like, you know, put a case of wine or something or, uh, you know, something like that or um, some tickets to a spa instead. Yeah, some Manischewitz, some Dead Sea. Yeah, 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 exactly. If they were trying to be diplomatic. Something kosher. exactly. A hamper. A hamper, in fact, would Hmm. be nice. And actually, let's Hmm. face it, given the option, Molly, between getting a medal with anyone's face on it or a hamper of goodies... We all know what you'd go for. So I'm just saying this might have been... How, <laughs> how dare very dare you. I. I'm just saying that this might have been cack-handed diplomacy. I mean, I like your alternative facts here. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not obviously, dispu- I'm I don't not agree with them. the fact, but I am... <laughs> Twisting no, no, no. it. They say that everyone is entitled to their own opinions. You're not entitled to your own facts. So I don't dispute the fact of what happened, but I, I offer a different interpretation a more generous interpretation of UNESCO. So, I mean, I feel like we should have gotten the medal, and if we want to swipe left on the picture, it's our (laughs) right to do so. But by giving us nothing, 
It's just No, the, the rude. nothing is rude. It the really nothing is, is rude. That is awkward. I grant you that that bit of it I can't It's defend. awkward. It's rude. You know, there's no excuse for it. It's kind of like the BDS stuff. I mean, they're literally boycotting us once again. UNESCO never likes Israel. It's just a thing. The United Arab Emirates. Maybe they don't like it because I can't say their name right. Make an effort, Molly. They're no friends of ours. I mean, look at what happened just a few days before that. There was a huge judo contest. All I know about judo and martial arts is the karate kid. So, you know, wash on, wipe up, wipe down. That's all I know. But yeah. Wax Wax off. off. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, and there's like crane thing at the Emily hits him. Yeah, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, go on. All right. So they had this big contest. Israel wins, goes to shake the guy's hand from the United Arab Emirates and is denied a handshake. There were five winners total go high, from go Israel. Go too slow, what? <laughs> there was one gold, four bronze, and they would not play the national anthem, Israel's national anthem, Hatikva. They would not raise the flag. So, you know, the world doesn't care, obviously, when this happens. If this were another country, we would be hashtagging the crap out of it. But... You know, it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's a sports event. How unsportsmanshipy can you be? Sportsmanshipy is that a word? Your rage, <laughs> your rage has created the fact that you're now making up words. <laughs> no, okay. Um, this one, I do not have an alternate opinion on. It's just a shit. It's so just glad. a shitty thing to do. The UNESCO one, I can strive to find a different opinion. I'm, I'd be fascinated to hear what our our listeners think. Whether my alternate opinion on that holds any water at all. But on the judo and not shaking hands, no, that's just a shitty, as you say, an unsportsman. What did you say, an unsportsman shippy shippy thing? It's shippy. shippy, unsportsman yeah. shippy. Yeah, I'm with you on that. No, that's not cool. I mean, in the end, I do want to say that they did apologize Mm -hmm. for doing that. But it's just, it's such a rude thing. And he could have kicked his ass. He already did it once. True, But isn't isn't that victory enough? What? Winning? Yeah, the winning thing. (laughs) Actually beating the guy. I don't know. I'm not much into sports, Molly. It's not my thing. But if you, you know. I would have bitch slapped the crap out of him. How bitch about slapping that? is not a sport. You don't want a handshake, you get a bitch slap. <laughs> as we're talking about sports, because I'm going to do a quick segue, because yeah. otherwise, Molly, I know you, that you could be making up ranty words for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. I was actually going to make my usual assessment of how similar it is to a real Housewives, <laughs> you know, show. Because it really is. But fine, we'll still be talking about women, because guess what? In Saudi Arabia... Yes. They're actually going to start to allow women into sports they, arenas. Only a few. Well, only a few a women few. or a few sports? Both. Okay, Both. okay. So I read this and I asked you this beforehand because you did guess correctly on one. So everyone I think probably does know, include, including you, that the national sport of Saudi Arabia is football, soccer, as you know it. As I would say. As you would say. And they're not terrible at football. They're like 65 something ranked in the right. world and there's I don't know 120 140 countries that are playing that are ranked in football so they're kind of like vaguely hanging around there in the top half so so football's their first one now football course is the national sport here in England and this will mean that in Saudi Arabia they will have the same joy that we have here that women are going to enter the stadiums and men are going to have to explain the offside rule to women for the first time which will um, add to a whole lot of uh, emotional trauma in Saudi Arabia but what yeah. I didn't know and I don't think you knew, but it made sense, is what's the second most popular sport in Saudi Arabia? 
But you, I guessed right too. Yeah, you, you did I guess said. it. You did guess right. But it's really I'm amazed that you guessed right. Not because you know I, I thought that, you wouldn't, but it's yeah, quite odd. Yeah. It's cricket. So, so cricket is the second national sport of Saudi Arabia, which which on first glance seems like a really weird weird thing. But then you think <laughs> about all of the Indians, Pakistanis, and, and Sri Lankans that are working and, and living in Saudi Arabia. Now cricket again. How anybody is going to explain to anyone else um, how cricket works, I don't know. I have to say that if you're a woman in Saudi Arabia and you're looking forward to this liberalisation, and first of all, you got driving a few weeks ago. And that's awesome. That's a big thing. I mean, driving's cool. Brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Driving's cool. Driving's cool. Driving's cool. I mean, not actually very cool in Saudi Arabia because, you know, either the traffic is bonkers. I've been in Saudi Arabia. Traffic's mad. Or you're just driving down long straight roads in the middle of the desert. You know, no one's ever done a car commercial in Saudi Arabia. You know, you do those car commercials, always going down those winding roads in in Italy, you know, and then zooming. No one's ever done one in Saudi Arabia because it's just either in mad traffic with people trying to kill you or just down a long straight desert road. It's really depressing. So anyway, cool for driving. The next part of this liberalisation is all part of the Crown Prince's 2030 strategy to bring the country into about the 19th century. I mean, this is kind of <laughs> dragging things forward. So well done him. Next thing. So sports. let's, but let's sports. just. So sorry, my, my rant. I'm doing a rant here. I'm doing my rant here. Only you have the oh, rant. Oh, I'm I sorry. Rant. And my point about this is that there you are, a woman. You've been allowed to drive. You're excited. Liberalisation. You get to go to sports and you get to go to fucking cricket. I mean, seriously, stay back at home do something else. Cricket is dull. And I'm telling you here is, you know, it's supposed to be one of our national sports <laughs> here in England. Why? My theory on this is the Crown Prince is going, we'll teach those women about bloody liberalisation. They're going to have to watch fucking cricket. We'll see how much liberalisation <laughs> they like now. Yeah, that'll turn them off. That's my theory. Next. That's every man's theory. <laughs> All right. So here's where I, I stand on this. One, Cricket is boring, but just to explain it, I think from an American's point of view, they took the baseball, put it on the floor, and played golf with it. Is that about accurate? Other way round, right? We had a game, a manly game, with a big hard ball that we hit at people at very high speeds. And, Sounds dirty. And, and yeah, steady. And then you created a slightly more ball. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, sorry. You made baseball, which actually, if anything could be duller than cricket, you made baseball. Wow. God. Saying it during the World Series, that's harsh. I want to say that also there's another sport that they will be able to watch, which is camel racing. It's uh, similar to horse racing, just more humping. <laughs> oh, boom, boom. Boom. That'll teach them. Um, The women, of course, obviously still have to dress in their full gear, right? So we're all covered up, God forbid. They won't be mixed because that would be tragic. They are allowed to throw things at the players. They are allowed to boo. You have to throw stuff at the camels. What? Not the camels. Soccer. Oh, you talk about camel racing and then you segue. You're right. You're right. You're right. I was just making the joke. I mean, that's a bit. No, chucking things at people. That's dangerous. Sorry, you can throw stuff at people. Is this? Are you making stuff up now? I know you're actually part of the game that the spectators yeah. can chuck stuff at the players. I am making stuff That's up. That's a riot, by the way. We call that a pitch invasion. <laughs> That's not actually supposed to be part of the activity. Oh, we call that Thursday here, so it's just a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, so listen. So what, what is the national sport in Israel? Is it, what is it? Is it football? 
Uh, I think it's honking. Yeah, just people <laughs> honking all the time, just nonstop honking. You don't know what the louder the honk. Your, you don't know what the national sport of your country. Yeah, is. it's soccer. Is it soccer. It's just like everywhere else. They're just as crazy here. They have like all-out wars about it. People slow down on the streets after they win to create traffic jams where they can do that stupid honk beep 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 beep. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. Okay, so we're the same as anywhere else, just being crazy about our sports. We're fanatics as well. We have that in common in the Middle East, but God forbid we find any common ground because then it would be harder to have wars and hate each other. Speaking of which... (laughs) (laughs) As you know, I had this really fun interview with a Palestinian refugee. We called him on the radio, Ali. He's not allowed to tell his real name for fear of other palestinians Mm -hmm. or arabs or whatever attacking him for coming out in favor of let's just be humans and getting along crazy idea i know it's just totally out there and listen the interview for me was groundbreaking in the sense of there's things that i know and things that i assume but when you actually have someone in front of you Mm -hmm. who can say he grew up in hatred he learned one way and something pulled him out of just feeling violent or hatred for Jews. And he met up with a settler, which of course is like the ultimate, you know, terrorist, I think, for any Palestinian, right? Mm-hmm. This is a Jew who's taking land, literally settling the land, claiming it for Israel. And once he sort of broke down the barrier and they realized, you know, we're humans together here, that was it for him. He stepped out. And he stepped forward, and now he's trying to build a nonprofit organization to help other Palestinian refugees get an understanding for, you know, are you being brainwashed? Are they really that bad? Mm -hmm. I think, of course, for most people that would hear that, it sounds like he's just been brainwashed himself by Jews, or he works for some secret Jewish agency. I think that's what most people think. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. For you, what what was the biggest surprise? It, it was an experience that most Israelis wouldn't wouldn't have had, I'm guessing. So you went into the interview and you kind of had an expectation. What was the kind of the the biggest thing that um, surprised you about about that conversation? Well, if I'm being honest, before the interview started, my baby started crying, and Kay, who was the other person there, Kay Wilson, who's a, a survivor of a terrorist attack where her friend was brutally murdered in front of her, she was stabbed like 14 times faked her death, got out of there, and now this is what she's doing, which is crazy. So she handed my baby, as my baby was crying, to Ali. And I have to be honest, in that moment, my own generalizations and stereotypes and worries, Mm -hmm. like, this guy is in my house, I don't know who he is, she's handing my baby to him, and all the images and all the things that I also hear, you know, they Mm -hmm. go somewhere, they go somewhere in your vision. So... I held my breath for a second, but to be honest, and this was what's surprising, he was so good with her. He was so sweet. He held her so nicely. And during the interview, she was a little bit of a pain in the ass as well. She kept like making noises, which is just irritating. Why do babies do that at all? He would pause. You know, he was saying, and we edited this out, but he was saying, do you want me to hold the microphone for you? I mean, he was so attentive. And I think that We have such generalizations of each other to get to those points Mm -hmm. to really understand each other as just we are so similar. Forget we are so human. We are so similar. It is so hard to see that. 
it really is something that we don't see about each other. And I would say all over the world. I don't think that's just a Middle East, Jewish, Arab thing. We make stereotypes about people. We have generalizations of people. And to really break down those walls, it truly is difficult. And while I was talking to him and hearing his story, I mean, one of the things that stood out for me was when he talked about when he was going to see this settler, there were two options, right? Either the guy is going to show him the Arab village where he could no longer go, but this is where his family was from. So that was going to be great. That would be a win. Or the other alternative was the guy, the settler, is going to kill him. And then he'll anyways be a martyr, a shaheed. So it is also a win, right? And he even flat out said... And then the Palestinian Authority or Fatah or Hamas, whoever, whatever organization will pay his family for the rest of their lives because he was, of course, this martyr. And that is part of the deal. So he really honestly said, I could see it being a win-win. So in being honest, I think that's a good place to end a win-win. I think that if you listen to that episode, it was last week, you can hear Ali tell the story for himself. Of course, you can find all our episodes on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. You can subscribe. You can, of course, share and comment. We have our interviews. We have our stories. We have what Alex has, alternative facts, something in common with Trump. Find us on Facebook at The Mideast Beast. On Twitter, follow us at Mideast Beasties. Online, TheMideastBeast.com. You have been listening to another great episode. Thanks to Scott Kahn, our editor and producer of The Mideast Beast Podcast.